Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? Who are those guys? I'm Galen. And I'm Doug. And we're those movie guys. Bringing movie reviews and previews to the masses since 2007. This is Monday, May 28, 2007. Today on the show, we have reviews of Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End, the DVD release of Apocalypto. Plus, in honor of the 30th anniversary of the first Star Wars film, we're going to be taking a look back at some of our feelings and views of the saga. First, we're going to take a look at the blockbuster movie Pirates of the Caribbean, at World's End. This weekend sees the opening of the third and presumably final installment of the wildly popular Pirates of the Caribbean trilogy from director Gore Verbinski. This installment sees Jeffrey Rush's Captain Barbosa return to rescue Jack Sparrow from Davy Jones' locker. Now it's fair to say we're both huge Johnny Depp fans and both of us loved his performance as Sparrow in the other two films but at the same time, they both lasted far too long. So it goes without saying, when we saw the two-hour and 48-minute runtime of the third film, we were both very skeptical. So were our fears warranted, or has Verbinski given us a thrilling conclusion? Well, I'm going to say this. I think if you've seen the first two Pirates films, you know exactly what you're going to be getting. And I think it that's for the positives, the strengths of the film, and I think it's also for the weaknesses of the film. Uh, to start off with the good, I think we have some terrific action sequences in this movie. Uh, particularly, I thought the final action, sequ- action sequence was great. The, the battle with the ships and with Davy Jones, and I, I thought that was really well done. I thought it was better than the final sequence of the previous film. That point, I will agree with you on. Everything else, I won't. All right. I totally hated this movie. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it had, it lacked any of the charm, any of the comedy, any of the character of the first two films. I, you know, normally I always enjoy the Jack Sparrow parts. But I, I didn't think he, he brought anything to the film this time. He wasn't really that funny. He didn't... It was, I guess maybe since it's the third time I've seen him, it's just... I mean, yeah, it's not as fresh, I, and that is lost, although I don't think that's the fault of the film. I mean, because obviously when he first did a per, this performance as Jack Sparrow, it was something that we completely did not expect. To me... I think we could have watched the final action scene and had a satisfying movie. I think we could have been done. I think the whole two hours before it was completely worthless and trivial. Yeah, well, I think there are some good action sequences early on as well. And I think there are some good moments with Depp. I, I thought that I kind of liked the humor they did with well, him. I st- I the hallucinations like was kind of funny. I thought they were okay, but they they just go on too long. 
Well, I mean, that and could they, be said of just about recurring. everything in the film. Right, but... right. And this this time, for me, it just it really hurt it. I mean, that, you a confusing plot. Until the final end, well, when yeah. they started shooting each other, I couldn't keep track of all the thousands of plot <laughs> devices. I couldn't keep track of every character getting their own plot line. It just... Yeah, <laughs> the, the Ask a Ninja <laughs> review yeah. rears its head. But, um... Well, I, I definitely agree with that. I, I thought that all of the thousands of betrayals got to be a little befuddling, and you yes. weren't sure who was really betraying who, and who was just secretly betraying people, and who was betraying the people they were betraying. Right. And, and it got too confusing to the point where I didn't even care to figure it out, you know? Some movies, that lack of who can you trust is amusing, and it, it really adds to the story. Yeah. It doesn't here. I, I just didn't. No, no, you're right. That That's absolutely true. I guess since it's more of an action-type film, I'm willing to forgive that because everything that's going on between the action I just kind of saw as a stuff to fill in the void. And you're right, it does go on too long. There's too much filler and not enough substance. I agree, because I, I, I did like the first Pirates. I did like the second See, no. I I did. I actually like this better than the second. Ooh, no, no, not even <laughs> close for me. Because the second, I thought had more of the maybe the fact that this started to get it almost turned a lot darker. The second one had more humorous moments. I thought that the time spent with Jack was funnier. It was yeah. I don't know, I just I don't thought know. He, I, his character was better in that. See, I, I didn't like the second one because of what they did with Jack in it. I thought they made him a little too devious. I mean, you, you kind of got in the first one, he was supposed to be mischievous, but not really rotten. And I thought some of the actions he did in the second film were just rotten. See, I, I, thought, I thought he could, I could believe that he could be rotten. Yeah, um, I, I believe it. The the third one, though, he just I don't know. But but the thing the second one did not have that the third one does is Jeffrey Rush as Captain Barbosa. I do like Captain and, Barbosa, which is why I probably like the first one a little better than the second yeah. one. and he I he is awesome. And one of the things I felt they did add with the Jack Sparrow character is the dynamic you get when they're both kind of co-captains of the Black Pearl. Those were probably the other highlight moments yeah. where they were kind of arguing over the captain and, and you kind of always saw that power yeah. struggle between them. But and, and, you know, getting back to the action sequence, you know, I think the final action sequence is among the best I've seen all year. And I love, I, I'm not going to give anything away, but I liked what they did with Orlando Bloom and Kira Knightley's character in that seat. I thought that was certainly something I've never seen before. You mean the very end, or...? No, during the sequences. It's okay, difficult okay. to talk about. Right. Well, now, I at least now know where you're coming from. Because a okay. point I have here is I thought the very end was so freaking stupid. And Well, yeah. And that could have been partly because of the audience we were viewing the movie with. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, well, that was kind of funny, but we won't go into that. But he was right. Carrie Knightley is sexy. Yes. But, um, 
You know, I, I definitely feel that... I, I agree with you with the total ending. I was talking about the, the action the sequence. Fight sequence. Yes. Okay, yes, I agree. And I did like that sequence. It was Oh, good, it's fantastic. And it, I, I will disagree with you. I don't have a better sequence this year that beats it out, but I don't think it's the best action sequence. Hell, I'll even give you Grindhouse as a better action sequence than yeah than this was. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> I forgot Grindhouse, <laughs> you're right. I, I, I stand corrected. But uh, getting back to the action scenes, the special effects are fantastic, yeah, they and they have been throughout the series. never a problem with the series, yeah. So that's good. Um, but getting back to the ending, because we both had issues with that, you know, I felt that it, it kind of, the length of the film, as well as the fact of the ending, which we won't spoil... It's further proof that Gore Verbinski doesn't understand the type of film he's making. Because he's making lighthearted popcorn fun. Right. And he repeatedly seems to think he's making some sort of Vast deep epic. epic. Yeah, like a Lord of the Rings. I think that's supposed to have elements of melancholy to it. And it's not. And I think that's what my, my problem with this is. I think you just described it in better words that I could choose. The first two, though they were nine years long, still felt like that popcorn pirate movie. Yeah. This, I thought he was trying more than ever to make it into some vast epic, and it just isn't. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. So what are you going to give Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End? One and a half. Wow. <laughs> I am not going to be that cruel. I'm going to give it a three. I, I thought that it's a fun conclusion, although I don't think it's going to be the final one, to, to a series that's pretty entertaining, but ultimately it's flawed and, and deeply fallout. Fat would parts. agree with you. Yes, he would. Okay, releasing this past Tuesday was Mel Gibson's latest effort, Apocalypto. In Apocalypto, director Mel Gibson tells the story of a young man named Jaguar Paw who lives in the ancient Mayan civilization and is kidnapped for a ritual sacrifice. Somehow he must find a way to escape his captors and return to his village to save his family. Now, we all know that last year Mel Gibson finally surpassed Tom Cruise as the craziest man working in Hollywood, but does Apocalypto prove him to be an eccentric genius or merely a kook? Well, I don't know that I'd call him a genius, but I would say the film's very, very good. I like okay. it. Um, I was surprised, actually. I had seen previews to this, it seemed like, years before the right. film actually came out. And then part of the reason being is Disney chose to delay it because of the Mel Gibson incidents. Right. But the uh, and of course the trailers never really gave much of what was going on or what the film was about. Mm -hmm. So you know the this movie had a very mysterious cloud kind of looming. Yeah. I didn't know whether I was going to like it or not, but I did. I thought the the visuals alone were a great selling point. Yes, of, you know the fact is. Probably nobody's going to watch this movie again, because it just seems good movies these days aren't appreciated <laughs> by people. But I, I, liked, um, I liked the acting, I liked the visuals, I liked 
I thought as far as Mel Gibson and Passion of the Christ using yeah. gore and violence to almost gross the viewer out. Yeah. It was very controlled <laughs> in this. It was used for strict effect. Yeah. And not just uh, not just snuff value. Right. Yeah. Right. I agree. I, I think that the greatest selling point of Apocalypto is the fact that the language, the fact that it's in this Mayan language, the set designs, the costumes, mm -hmm. I mean, I think all of this combines to give it a feel of incredible authenticity oh, yeah. for this culture that, frankly, most of us know nothing about. Right. And, and it's almost never shown in film. Now, granted, I'm not saying that this is necessarily a factual look at Mayan society, but it has a feel of authenticity. Oh, yeah, it's, it's certainly believable throughout the entire film. Yeah, and I just thought that was fantastic. I mean, you definitely feel that you're watching these people live in their culture. And, you know, I think this goes to show you, it's another good example of a simple story. It really is. I mean, here's a man who's been taken, we read in the blurb, for sacrifice, and it's mostly about his escape and returning to save his family. Mm -hmm. But yet it's presented so well, and like Grindhouse, the, that long final chase scene yeah. is, is really well done. It's very intense. You know, it keeps you watching, and you're never bored. And it, this movie is no short one either. What is it, two hours and 20 minutes? Yeah. And that, that was the one thing I was going to comment on. Whenever doing the research to find the runtime and the rating and everything like we always do, I was shocked to find that it was two hours and 20 minutes. Because Didn't feel like it. No, not at all. It's incredibly fast-paced. And I would say probably the last third of the movie is that terrific chase sequence, mm -hmm. which is fantastic. And I, I read in an interview with Mel Gibson is one of the inspirations for Apocalypto was that he wanted to create a great foot chase because he had never seen a great foot chase in a film. And I think he's definitely accomplished that in, in Apocalypto. I would certainly agree. There are, there are a lot of great action sequences, that being only one of them. Uh, and another thing I loved about the film are the touches of humor. There there are a few early on, yeah. particularly with Blunted's mother-in-law. Yeah, yeah. And she's very funny. Uh -huh. I mean, those are, those are really great scenes. I do agree. Um, you know, one negative point I would like to mention is that I felt that it was a bit cliched, the predicaments they put the family in that were living in the hole, his wife and uh, child. Child. Because it just, it seemed like they kept, or maybe cliched is not the right word, but it kept adding on. It's like, oh no, they it's flooding now. Oh no, she's giving birth. <laughs> oh no, a, a jaguar's coming. You know, oh no, there's going to be a fire or tornadoes. And it, it seemed to keep adding problems and it almost got comical at a point and not intentionally. And so that was, that was kind of a problem. And also, I kind of lost track of how long he was actually away because to me it seemed like he threw the march to the city and by the time he gets a chance to escape, it seems like it's been at least, you know, a week or two. And they're stuck in this pit for that long. 
And I don't know. Maybe that's just maybe I just didn't keep track of. I was gonna say. I guess I didn't really. really focus on. But um, you know, the length of time spent on his capture. But at this point, I'm pretty much nitpicking. But you know, I just wanted to point that out. So, what are you going to give Apocalypto? I'm going to give it a much better score than Pirates. <laughs> I'm going to give it a four. I'm going to give it a four as well. I I think it's a very good action film. It has some very thrilling sequences. It's definitely worth checking out. This year marks the 30th anniversary since the release of the first Star Wars film. So we thought we'd take a moment now to kind of reflect and present our thoughts on the saga. So, Galen, where were you when you first saw the first movie? Well, you know, both of us were born in 81, so we missed all of the films in their original theatrical release. So the very first time well, I we saw... We could have the... seen Empire. I'm sorry, Return of the Jedi. But well, we, we, we would have been, been far too yeah. young to remember it if we had. I don't know. I've never asked my parents. For all I know, maybe I did. I would have been too. <laughs> but at any rate, um, my first remembering of the the saga is by watching it on television. And I had no idea what it was. But I just tuned it and it happened to be on and I saw these aliens in spaceships I'm like this is pretty cool and I remember watching it and I was just completely engrossed by it it was a kind of a similar thing although I'll be honest it was Empire Strikes Back that I saw first yeah actually it was for me as well and that's interesting we were I was with my family actually i think it was a dinner party or or something i don't even remember why we were there it was so long mm -hmm. ago but my brother and i were downstairs with the brother and sister to whom we were visiting and you know he was like oh these are cool movies you know let's watch this and i just remember sitting there kind of like you it's like wow you know look at these aliens and spaceships flying and it was cool yeah. i really liked it so we looked into running the other movies and that's where I finally got to experience the other two. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I was in third grade when I first saw it. And, um, you know, it, it's so fascinating to me with Star Wars that even moderate fans, because, I mean, we don't go to conventions and dress up, so mm. I consider us moderate fans. Right. And um, even we remember where we were when we saw it. it. It's like a cultural phenomenon at this point. It seeped into the... The culture of America. Right. Well, and what makes these movies so special? The fact that from the day we first saw it, we've only continued to like them more and more. Yeah. And as we get older and, and are able to read more into a film, you know, watch them over and over again and get more and more out of them, the films just get better and better. Yeah, among the millions of things that George Lucas has claimed that he was trying to do with Star Wars is that he wanted to create a fairy tale for people that were growing up without fairy tales. Right. And, he, you know, he it's known to pretty much everyone all the research that he did into myths. And I think that's why they appeal to you, is because they have those those intrinsic qualities of myth that just seep into you and become a part of the culture they're in. Right. They're certainly timeless. I mean, I think even another 
30 years down the road will still be watching and still be appreciating these I, films. I think without question. I mean, because when we have children, we're going to show them to our kids, and it's just going to go on in perpetuity. Ooh, what a word. There. Yes, that's, that's, yes. That's the that's word the... of the day, folks. <laughs> so then... What about the updated special edition in the late 90s? You know, I didn't hate these films as much as a lot of fans did. I thought a lot of the fans' gripes were pretty pretty stupid, stupid. yeah. <laughs> I mean, for, I can hear the emails pouring in. This will probably be the first time we get major emails. But, you know, as far as... I understand their gripes with Han shooting first whenever he confronts Greedo. In the original, he shot first. In the the uh, special editions, Greedo shoots first. And I understand that gripe because, first of all, it looks cheesy. It I, does. I, you for can how really they have, see the yeah. cut there. And, it, and second of work. all, it just I, I'm not sure why George Lucas changed that. I mean, because it goes back to the old spaghetti westerns. You shoot them while they're talking. You know, mm -hmm. I believe that's a line from Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. But, so I sort of see that point. As far as the special effects go, I mean, it's just an improvement, I feel. Right. I mean, you get some people on that extreme end that, as classic as these movies are, you can't yeah. touch. And once you've released it to the public, it actually isn't the artist's... The artist has no right to continue to... Right. Adapt and, it. and to a degree, I sort of agree with that. I well, mean, because that you do get crap when, like, Steven Spielberg goes back to E.T. and takes out the guns and puts walkie-talkies. And, <laughs> and they wanted to remake Raiders of the Lost Ark. And I mean, I think it's a slippery slope. And I, I think for the most part, it's better... I, I don't necessarily... I'm not saying I approve of the special editions, but I did. I don't have the problem with them that a lot of people do. Well, I was really, really excited for them because, of course, having loved these movies now for 20 years... Yeah. You know, it's like, this is going to be awesome. I'll finally get to experience the movie theater effect yes. and watch these films. And I, I liked them. I mean, I'm not a stickler for... So, you know, the Han shooting first, I didn't like, only because it looked bad. Yeah, yeah. As far as to the story or to what the series was, I could have cared less. Right. You know, adding the Han and Jabba scene. That was seriously he steps on flawed. his tail. Again, yeah, I didn't mind that it was there, but it looked bad. Yeah, because first of all, now they did, in the new DVDs, they've improved Jabba's texture. And yes. he doesn't look nearly as bad. But... When Han steps on his tail, that's just stupid. I, I mean, it's just completely... A completely ridiculous thing. Because if Jabba the Hutt's this big, badass gangsta, he's not going to put up with... As he's walking, gangs. you know Han has guns yeah. pointed on him. If he steps on his tail, that's it. It's are, are you going to step on Don Vito's toes? I don't <laughs> think so. I mean, because you'll get capped. And I guarantee you that... The, Jabba would have been the same way. Right. He's like Don Vito times a thousand. So, yeah, <laughs> definitely I agree. But you're right. Seeing them in the theaters for the first time, I was thrilled as well. Cause right. 
that's how these films were meant to be seen. And and I didn't even have a problem with the new ending of Empire or jeez, I keep calling it that Return of the Jedi. And I already see you're contradicting me. Yeah, I am. But, but <laughs> I let me am. finish and explain. I will. I mean, I I don't have a problem with the Ewok ending. I I do like it, but I always hated the the song. I hated the Ewok yeah, song. Yeah, I don't... I actually like the Ewok song better than the new song. See, I don't. I like the, the new song. I mean, I guess it's simple. Yeah. But, you know, the the whole thing of Star Wars, the whole... that The new ending where they go to all the different planets and stuff, I guess that my gripe with it is you can tell it's like he's sneaking in his computer animated yeah. toys, which he seems to fall in love with. Yeah. But... At the same time, you know, these movies did feel quite epic to me. You know, it feels like a long journey that you've been on. And to kind of just have it end with a quick celebration with the Ewoks, which you still get some of with this new ending. See, I don't know, because even though Star Wars is about this epic struggle, I've always felt that the great thing about Star Wars is it's more so about the characters than the events taking place. And that's something you rarely see in fantasy film, which is basically what Star Wars is. It's more fantasy than sci-fi. But what do you feel about the Sins Against God known as the prequels? (laughs) Well, it's (laughs) no secret I can't stand them. Yeah. When I saw episode one, Mm -hmm. uh, A Phantom Menace, the first time I saw it in the theater... I didn't walk out of it hating it. Yeah. I, I kind of liked it. It was... You were very curious to see, you know, now, almost 25 years later, mm-hmm. what was George Lucas going to do? Right. And and I feel that the ending of Phantom Menace, the, the lightsaber duel with Darth Maul, Qui-Gon, right. and Obi-Wan, is still probably the best lightsaber duel in the entire saga. I agree, it's very good. But that brings me to a point that I hated, and that's that you had a setup of a decent villain here in yeah. Darth Maul, and he gets like two speaking lines and a yeah. cool lightsaber battle, and then he's gone and out of the series forever. Yeah, and, and Darth Sidious, a.k.a. Palpatine, is a little too behind the scenes for to be a true villain. Right. And um, and also, I think we have to touch on the... There are some borderline racism issues in the prequels as well. I mean, you know, with the Trade Federation, they all have Asian accents, you know? <laughs> I, I mean, and, and it's just... It's not... I don't think it was something necessarily intentional, but... Yeah, because I certainly I, wouldn't have thought of that point. At the same time, I, I think you have to address it. But another issue with the prequels is that the writing is among terrible. the worst ever. It is terrible. I mean, I'll, I'll let you Some poke your the, favorite clunky line the from Attack of the Clones. Acting is bad, too, but yes. um, as for the line... If you follow your thoughts to conclusion, you will realize that our love can never be. <laughs> yes. In every passionate romance, you always hear yourself uttering yeah. lines when it just won't work out. I say lines like that all the time. Yeah. I mean, and that's part of the problem. I mean, there's another 
line from um, the third film, Revenge of the Sith, where she says, remember when we were on Naboo and all we had was our love. And it, it's like he's re- he's writing lines of dialogue that he's picked up in old Danielle Steele novels. Or <laughs> worse than <laughs> yeah. that, probably. I mean, that's probably slanderous to Danielle Steele. But... <laughs> But honestly, it's horrible. It is. And the performances are incredibly yes. the, the, the bad dialogue goes into what I was saying before. The acting just sucks. And I wouldn't be surprised if he just said, just read the lines. If the actors just read them as a walkthrough, and then he's like, okay, that's We'll good. just use it. Now let me get back to my special effects <laughs> yeah. and toys. Because I don't get it. You have Academy Award winning actors and actresses in this movie. You do. There's you... no reason for it. You have several that have won awards and several more that have been nominated for awards. And they've all done strong work, and you're right. It doesn't make sense. So that makes you blame the direction. And also dialogue, because sometimes when lines of dialogue are so horrible, there's no way you could possibly deliver. Right. And, you know, you have to wonder, too, at times, because there was probably a huge amount of pressure placed on Lucas for this. Oh, know, yeah. Being the prequels, everybody wanted, everybody kind of already knows what's going to happen. It's just now we're going to visually get to see it. And when he takes these different approaches and pretty much disappoints us time and time yeah. and again, it, it, I just hated these all, <clears throat> all of them. Yeah. So how I do you, like... how do you believe that someone who, well, getting back to all of them. I would say that there are degrees of suckiness when well, talking about the prequel right, trilogy. Yes. Because I, like you, the first one, if the second had been better, I think you could have lived with. The second right. one was god-awful. I think it yeah. has among the worst writing and acting that I've ever seen in my life. It does have some good action sequences. Yeah, but, but not as good as other parts in the series. <laughs> no, and it's not good enough to forgive them. Right. Wretchedness. The second that. one, Attack of the Clones, made me hate Phantom Menace yeah. even more. Yeah, and then I, I think the third one is actually a watchable film. It, it does still have some of those flaws. I think they're a lot less as obvious. Not as severe. Yeah, I, I mean, they're, the dialogue isn't quite as horribly written, although there are still bad lines. I mean, and the fact that Padme dies of a broken heart is just horrendously cliché. Yeah. Uh, the fact that the droid says that, it's like, wow. <laughs> but, Very insightful. But, you know, it, it's it still that special bad. effects, though. Sorry well, to kind of jump out there. But, you know, I keep I just got reminded of that scene of where they're fighting on those rocks yeah. on that kind of river of lava and... It just it looked bad, considering that the rest of the movies kind of excelled at special effects, and that seemed to be all they were made for was a demo of special effects. Yeah, I agree. I mean, although that's the... I wouldn't say the movie had bad special effects, because I think that's the only bad right. special effect in the film. But I do agree with that. I also think it's funny how... You know, they jump on these platforms all over the lava, and then they get to the land, and... Because Obi-Wan has, like, two feet of higher ground. He's it's over. To, yeah, it's all over. Slice off the legs and that's it. <laughs> yeah. I have to admit, though, that the 
scene where they're kind of reconstructing him as Vader, and as they kind of parallel back and forth. Yeah. I did like that, between him and, and Padme. Well, until the conclusion. Well, until the... The, uh, the Frank no. Vader moment. Yeah, yeah. That, that, of course, pretty much ruined it. <laughs> yeah. And it made me contemplate suicide, but... Yeah, well, it's pretty bad, but... You know, how? why do you think it is that someone like George Lucas, who accomplished so much in the originals, failed so much in the prequels? I think it's a couple of reasons. One, I think Star Wars have become way too commercialized. Yeah. And two, I think in the old film, he had people doing the writing who were actually gifted at writing. He had people doing the directing who were gifted at directing. Not that Lucas isn't a good director. I thought some of the direction of the prequels were okay, but the writing. How hard is it to get a good writer to make decent dialogue? Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing, because he could have come up with a story idea and even written a draft and then gotten a writer to punch up the dialogue. Right, And that's done frequently, and I'm not sure why he didn't, because in the original, he did write, I believe, the script for the first movie. I think he had help, though. But the second and the third, Empire and Return of the Jedi where other people got right. writing credit for that. And as far and, as directing goes, I think, you know, he could have pulled more out of the actors considering yeah. the caliber of them. Yeah, and you wonder why the actors... And you wonder if the actors said, you know, these lines are crap, I can't <laughs> say this. Yeah, I'd be prompt for them to ad-lib. Yeah, well, definitely, I, <laughs> you know... I think we can just say that the originals are among the best films ever made, and the prequels are among some of the worst. Yeah, I and would agree. That's that pretty big of an sad. Extreme. Well, with that said, why don't we go over our top five moments? All right, our top five favorite moments from the Star Wars trilogy. The old trilogy, this will be. Well, I think we could say trilogy overall. I think it'll just so happen that none of them will be from the new ones. (laughs) Yeah, that's... Uh, I will say that there were two that I had from the new ones that almost made the list. I'll mention them here. The Yoda-Palpatine battle in the Senate, I thought, was a cool scene. And also the Darth Maul lightsaber. Okay, I'll those those are cool. honorable mentions, but they don't quite crack the list. All right. Well, how about your number five moment? My number five moment is the Battle of Endor in the in the space in the third movie, wherever they're fighting around the second Death Star. It's just it was the first time that you saw a space battle with what appeared to be hundreds of ships flying right, around. Right. It was just an amazing sequence. You got to sh- see. For the first time, Star Destroyers going up against ships equivalent to Star Destroyers. And that, with all the fighters, it was just a great sequence. It is good, because it was an epic battle, and a lot of the scenes where they're weaving through the Star Destroyers, you you always knew they were large, those ships, but you were really given a sense of their scale in that scene. And, And I agree with you, I kind of feel bad, I didn't place any space battles on my list and i feel i should have (laughs) but my number five choice and this was almost for the comedy of it i loved it was when luke and han rescued leia from the detention block of the first star and i just think aside from the fact of it being a good action scene i just think there's a lot of good lines delivered there especially when han is trying to 
explain what's going on to the people <laughs> coming across the <laughs> communicator in the Death Star. He's like, uh, nothing's wrong here. Everything's fine. Everything's under control. How, How are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's great. Of course, uh, aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper? Yeah. And yeah, those are great lines. All right, my number four is another space battle. The first Death Star battle. Yeah, I thought this was great because of how it's cut. I love the fact that you get to see not only the battle, but you also get to see it from the perspective of 3PO and Leia and those who aren't taking part in the battle. And I thought that was great because for me it ratcheted up the tension of it because wherever you would, there were parts when you would just hear the radio chatter of the X-Wing pilots and you didn't know what was going on. And I thought that was just a great sequence and something that you don't see a whole lot. I agree. Very much so. I guess my number four is when Han is frozen in carbonite. I love that scene. <clears throat> it, it it even kind of gave me chills when I first saw it, mm -hmm. just because it's very dramatic. Carbonite's cold. Well, it is very <laughs> But I thought that the whole design of that set, the, the carbon freezing chamber, yeah. with the, the very... You know, deep blues and on uh, oranges. I can't think yeah. of the word I'm looking Contrasted. for. Contrasted. Um, Complementary. Oh, okay. Is the word I'm looking yeah. for. It just made a great look to the whole thing. The design of the chamber was great, and it's almost hellish. Very much so. Yeah. You got a lot of steam and smoke. It, it just really sets a mood. And even the little workers. I think they're called Ugnaughts. I, I can't I, remember, but I know but, what you're yeah, talking about. Yeah, the little pig-like... Yeah. They're not pig... Well, they're sort of pig-like. They kind of make the little yeah. noises. And yeah. even they look kind of like something you'd see in hell. I mean, they're even a little demonic in appearance. You're right, that is a great sequence. Well, my number three choice is yet another space sequence. The asteroid chase from, <laughs> from uh, The Empire Strikes Back. It's a great long sequence... I love the the choreography of the Falcon as it flies through the asteroids. There's also some great comedic moments. I love the part when they're having like the holographic conference and then the asteroid hits the one Star Destroyer's bridge and the one captain just gone. dies and disappears. <laughs> I mean, that's hilarious. And, of course, the part when they end up discovering the cave that they're in is actually a, a giant monster. space worm. Yes. I mean, that's that's a great sequence as well. How they escape is terrific and ingenious. Um, it, it's just really, really great. I, Not I to mention, one of the, the, the soundtrack playing during that sequence is one of my favorite oh, yeah. pieces from the Star Wars trilogy. My number three choice is not a space battle. Like I said, <laughs> I didn't didn't go up to space for any of mine. But I'm done with space battles online. I, I thought I had to put a moment from uh, of Han and Leia's kind of I'll call it relationship mm -hmm. because I thought many of the times they're arguing and stuff was played for comedy, and I oh, loved yeah. it. So the scene I chose was when they rescued Luke from frozen planet of Hoth, and yeah. Leia and Han were in there kind of arguing, and 
it's actually even one line that I'm thinking of that I really liked, and it was when Han turns to Chewie, who just laughed at him, and says, laugh oh, it up, Fuzzball. <laughs> Yeah, that is that is a good scene. You're right. There's a lot of humor there, and I appreciate the comedic moments as well. I like more the dark moments of comedy, like when the Admiral died in the asteroid chase and things like that, but that is definitely a good choice. My number two is the lightsaber duel between Darth Vader and Luke on Bespin. I love this because, first of all, the set designs, as you mentioned earlier, won't go into them again. But also the revelation you get that Darth Vader is Luke's father is terrific. And the whole sequence of how they travel through this, it's not just a straight action sequence. There's a lot of drama to the scene as well. And the pursuit is is great. And it's also great because the hero doesn't win. The hero gets the ship beat out. Right. And that's something that you don't see a whole lot. Well, my number two moment is actually the very first moment that Vader walks in. Oh. Because, I mean, being that I had seen the first one, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, seen, I had seen the second movie first, you know, I'm already familiar with who Darth Vader yeah. is, but it's still was just an amazing effect when the door blasts open and you just you hear that sound. Yeah. His breathing mechanism. And, you know, he's very tyrant-like in the first movie, especially on that oh, Rebel yeah. Cruiser. And, and it's it's also great, too, because the contrast between him... Because the ship's all white, the Rebels are white, even the Stormtroopers are white. white. He's, he's black. black, completely black. And, yeah, and it, it's a great contrast. To the to the composition. Well, I'm sorry, I interrupted. Uh, no, no, no <laughs> I had finished. All right. Well, then, my number one favorite moment from the Star Wars trilogy is the Battle of Hoth. The Walkers. The Walkers. Yes, I love this sequence. First of all, getting back to soundtracks, I think it's one of the it's best another one that, pieces yes. from the original trilogy. Ruined by someone lately. Yeah. <laughs> yes, That's we won't get into joke. that. But the, I, I just loved the combat because it was, it was unique. You know, the you don't really see how they have to defeat the walkers with the harpoons and tying them up. It was neat because it's very creative. It's it's very much reminiscent of the David versus Goliath thing because obviously in straight up combat the poor little rebellion can't stand up to the empire. So they have to use their heads, they have to be clever in order to do it. And it's just it's a great sequence and it's it pretty much starts the movie which you almost never see. Mm-hmm. So definitely my favorite moment. Star Wars. Well, I'll save us a little time here in saying that my favorite moment was your number two moment, the uh, Luke and Vader fight on at the end of Empire Strikes Back. Because I, I mean, there's a lot of great lightsaber duels in it, but this is clearly the best, and I think it's my favorite moment, as you said, for the revelation at the end. Definitely so. terrific. Well, so those are our thoughts on the Star Wars saga, and. Hopefully, we'll get some feedback on your favorite moments. We'd love to hear your top five favorite moments, or or if you disagree with us on anything that we've said about the sequels or the prequels. But if you like the prequels, we don't want to ever hear from you. 
I was going to say, good luck, you're allowed to state your case, but... <laughs> you're going to be wrong. Okay, that's all for today's show. If you would like to review any of the ratings that we gave the movies that we covered today, please visit thosemovieguys.blogspot.com. There you can find more in-depth reviews, our star ratings, as well as links to items that we may have covered in the show. Plus, you can subscribe to our feed. Also, you can visit Google Groups at groups.google.com. When you're there, search for Those Movie Guys. You can post a message to our forums. And you can also email us at thosemovieguys at gmail.com. Thosemovieguys at gmail.com. We look forward to any feedback that you can give us about why we're retarded. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. Bye. <laughs>